Welcome back to Body Talk with Bex. Last week, we discussed the major surgery that I had when I was 11 and what exactly that surgery was for and how he was doing, he being my surgeon, how he was going to accomplish that. So this week is a continuation of that summer and that story, and it's going to be focused on the days that I spent in the hospital after that surgery. So my recovery period for about the next week while I was still in the hospital. And yes, my mom is in this episode as well so that she can give her pieces of insight that I don't have into that time period. So let's just jump right on in. So we were there, we were, he said we would be there for about a week. Yes. We were, we were there about five days. Five days. It's, it's what it ended up being about five days. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what was the routine like for them? Like, you know, how often did they come in and check on me and what kind of things were they checking? And you know, the, the first people that came to see you that like the very next morning, even before Dr. Mitchell showed up in the morning was the pain team. You know, in a teaching hospital, everybody travels in teams. They've got, it's like groups of four. I don't know why, like a group of four, possibly three, but they lost somebody down the hall. (laughs) Um, So it's always like a little team of doctors. So the first ones were the, was the pain team and they came and, you know, they, they asked how you were feeling and you know, I just have to say you were cut open from your non-existent belly button all the way down. You had, you know, your bladder had been reorganized. So that hurt. You had a tube coming out the wazoo that's stitched in place and it's attached to a bag. So it's tugging every time you move, it tugs, you know, your, your little tummy muscles have been cut. Your, um, you have a tube coming out the belly button. They've removed the, you know, the appendix and created this thing out the top of the so obviously they've done something to the top of the bladder and there's a stitch there holding it in place and so everything I mean you're you're miserable so so when the pain people asked you how you were you said I'm fine (laughs) so they're looking at you because you're definitely not you're like dead white dying on the bed you know (laughs) And so they showed you how, you know, you could push the button. If you had pain, you could push the button on the machine and it would automatically shoot the pain medicine from here. And then she showed you where it would go through the little tube and then into your arm. And your thought is, I want to get this flipping thing out of my arm. I don't want anything going through it. Never pushing that button. Then they can take it out. One tube down. No, that's, that's how your brain's working. My great 11 year old thought process. Like one less, I don't need it. One less tube. Let's get it out now. And so, yeah. So they left with a little befuddled. Yeah. I think they were a little frustrated because you weren't listening to them. You know, they were trying to explain to you, you know, and you just wanted them to go away. I heard, I didn't care. Exactly. There was a difference. I heard, I listened, I did not care. 
and you didn't ever want them to come see you again. You were done with them. They had been dismissed. So later, I want to say, you know, the nurses come and check on you constantly, your blood pressure, all the, the bags that are coming out of you, everything. And she, um, she turned you a little bit to get your arm in a better position for the blood pressure check. And, and, and you, you definitely showed that you were in pain because you were in pain. And um, so she hit the button and you ever want the wrath of an 11 year old child turned loose on you, hit the pain button when they don't want it hit. And you were livid. You were absolutely livid. And, you know, when the pain people came back, you know, they they were looking at the machine because they can see how many times you've hit the button. And you were adamant that you had not hit the button. It was the nurse that hit the button. You didn't need the pain medicine. And they came back later and took your little machine away. Um, (laughs) You you know what? They took away the tube I didn't want. Exactly. (laughs) One machine down, one team of doctors down, the tube gone. You're on a roll, right? So yeah, they, they, they they never came back again. So yeah. And so, I mean, the nurses came constantly to, to check stuff, but, you know, Dr. Mitchell came and checked on you. I don't really remember. I mean, I think just, he came in and checked you the first day and made sure you were okay and everything, but there wasn't that much to say or do, but he came to see you every day. Yeah. With a team. With a team. <laughs> <laughs> With a team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he, he did come see you that first that first morning. And, and basically you said, you know, when can I leave? And he, you know, he was busy checking your stomach and the stitches and, you know, all of that stuff. And so he the nice thing about him was he would give you something to work on every day. Yeah. So, you know, he said, you know, the first thing that you have to do is be able to, to sit up and, and drink some water and not be just relying on the IV. So, um, or on the, the mechanical bed to lift me up and down. Right. Right. Yeah. He wanted you. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, growing those muscles back together. Yeah. And you spent the rest of the day trying to learn how to sit up by yourself. Gave me tasks to do. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it was, it was impossible at first because it, it hurt that much, but I, I found one of your, your papers and it does actually explain how we managed to first get you up because in, in homeschooling, when we had to like write papers and do things like that, I, I thought it would be cathartic for you to kind of work through stuff that had happened to you. So we had you write about this whole series. So it was a series of papers that you turned in, I think in junior high that just talked about this whole experience my, my thought was that it was going to help you work through what happened to you. I have no idea if that helped or not. I think it did. But here you are doing this. So, so maybe we would push the button. So the hospital bed would come up just a tiny bit, but the thing is if the hospital bed came up too far, it would crunch your tummy too much. So we could only come up a little bit. And then Mike would stand kind of on the other side of the bed and stick his arms underneath your armpits and then I would grab your feet and we would swivel you on the bed. So now you've got your little knees hanging off the end of the bed. And then he would slowly lift you off the bed and I would catch you at the same time. So you were never really sitting up. We would almost take you kind of like from an incline position because he would pull you up kind of incline, but your tummy was still straight. 
And then I would grab you and I would pick you the rest of the way up off the bed till you're on your feet. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. This was quite. <laughs> we didn't join a circus after this. This is really <laughs> what we did like all day long one day was just do this. And you then I nice arm muscles that summer. <laughs> I, I was strong that year. So then I would turn you from the bed because right I'm facing the bed and holding you. So we would kind of shuffle, turn so that you were like aimed at the wheelchair. And then I would slowly lower you down into the wheelchair, but you would only last a little while because again, your stomach was kind of folded and all that little areas got all the pressure on it because you're sitting and that's not comfy. So we wouldn't last very long and you'd want to go back to bed. <clears throat> so then we would have to do the whole thing in reverse all day. So there you go. Dr. Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was fun. So that was day one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Day one. Day one and, of day five. And also sipping water. I mean, you, you would yeah. sip water, you would suck on, you know, popsicles, um, but there really wasn't anything solid going in you. It was just mostly liquid. Yeah. Okay. And it was all going into these two bags that then had to be, you know, emptied. Right. So yeah. So that was, so yeah, so that was day one, you know, and then day two, you know, he comes to visit you and you ask him the same thing. When can I leave? You know? And he said, you know, it's not just about getting in the wheelchair. You actually have to be able to leave the room. So you have to be able to leave the room. And again, you need to be, you know, drinking a little bit more water. And, you know, that's not as simple as it sounds since we were in the wheelchair you know, we were transferring you to the wheelchair, but to leave the room, we had to disconnect you from everything. So that was, that was much harder because the, the bags that were coming out of both at the bottom of both tubes were tied to the bed. So we basically had to cap these tubes off. Which not which really lasted so long too. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't, yeah, we could, cause otherwise it would build up pressure in the bladder. So, but we would have to cap off both tubes, but that hurt because it was jiggling. So, you know, we'd jiggle the bag, we'd jiggle the tube, that hurt. Um, and there were two of them. We had to cap them both off, which I had to learn how to do, which was totally scary. And then again, as you go down into the wheelchair, you know, we still had your IV, but as you're going down in the wheelchair, it's, there's bumps and there's movements and the elevator jiggles and absolutely everything was not comfortable. Um, yeah, but it, once we got to the playroom though, it was a beautiful playroom. I mean, the Seattle, you know, hospital had a gorgeous playroom. And they had um, a pretty outside area too. Yeah. And before, you know, when your first surgery where we were there, it was, it was much more time inside in the playroom because you got, I think I said that you got prescribed recreation therapy because you were depressed. This time we were just going down there because we wanted to go down there. Well, Dr. Mitchell wanted you to get out of the room. That's why we were down there. Yeah. But you didn't want to be in the playroom. You didn't want to talk to people. You were little Miss Grumpy Pants a little bit. And so we would sit outside by ourselves, away from everybody else. There were lots of little pretty garden area with like little seated areas and where you could really be a little bit private. And it was one of those spastic times in Seattle where the weather was nice so that the sun was out. So we would have to keep your IV in the shade or Mike would throw a jacket over it. Otherwise it would beep because it was in the sun and we would sit out there. And again, we're just reading. We would sit out there and read. So you'd get your Nancy drew out there and then we'd have to haul you all the way back and connect up all the tubes again, which, you know, 
wasn't fun because I was supposed to learn how to do it. So I had to do it. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was just, you know. I mean, it's scary. I knew I was going to hurt you. I knew, you know, the minute I touch the tube, you're going to feel it. And, you know, it just didn't want to hurt you. Yeah. So just, I was trying to be as gentle as possible, but it, I knew it was still going to hurt. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I stayed there with you. I, you know, I think every parent should stay with their child. With anybody, I should stay with my sister or my mother, or anybody when they're in the hospital, you should never leave them alone. But I, um, you know, there was, there was one night and excellent care. I mean, I'm not bashing on this hospital or, or anything at all. They excellent, but you know, things get overlooked and, and that's, you know, you're my child. I'm the one that's supposed to be taking care of you, quite frankly. So, you know, in the, in that bed, I'm, I'm watching your, your urine bag, you know, is full or the, the tube has a kink in it. So then instead of going down to the bag, it's, it's backing up in you. So, you know, I'm up all night, not just comforting you, but checking the tube and making sure that it's flowing. So you don't have that backup feel. And then, you know, at one point I had to go out and say, you know, the bag's gonna overflow. You need to come empty it. And they probably had something else going on. So sure enough, then there you go. The bag's overflowing on the floor because they didn't come empty it, which luckily, you know, it overflowed on the floor instead of backing up into you. Right. So, that's, that's the plus side of that. But you know, you, you just have to take care of your, your child. Yeah. You are my child. You know, I'm there at the hospital, but I have, I need to be there with you. Yes. So, and I think they were really good at, at making us uh, parents feel very, very welcome and a part of, part of it there. Part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, yeah. If anything, it makes you feel useful and like you're helping instead of just feeling helpless. Yeah. And not knowing yeah. what's going on. And bottom line, you were going to come out of the hospital and be fully in my care in a motel. So it's like, I better know anyways. I got to get on top of this, you know? So yeah. Yeah. So then, then what was his next step after, after getting out of the room? What was the next yeah. The next, the next thing was, you know, you're, you, and you were so happy because you were doing everything that he said, you know, he said you had to sit up and you had to be able to get in a wheelchair Well, you did that. You were drinking water and he said you had to leave the room and you did that. And so you felt like every time it's like, do I get, I, I did it. Do I get to go home now? You know? So he came in and, you know, he asked if you had tried standing up, <laughs> which of course you had, but with me holding you, you know, I, I had you, you know, I picked you to a standing position and I picked you up from the wheelchair and I, I was, I was picking you up and, you know, he, he's asked you if you had tried standing up on your own and that you needed to get moving around a little bit. And if you did that, you might be able to get home, go home the next day. And that was like, oh my God, you could cling to that. Right. It's like, he said tomorrow, he's not getting out of this tomorrow. So you know, you were, you were doing, it still meant three weeks in a, you know, hotel afterwards, but still out of the hospital is awesome. And out of that room with all that noise and chaos. So I, I want to say it was just like a few hours later, he was actually seeing somebody else. And we were in the middle of transitioning you as we usually did to the, to the wheelchair or you were in the wheelchair. I guess we'd been just been downstairs and you were, you were in a sitting position anyway. 
and I went to pick you up and you were facing the door and you saw him in the hall and you shoved me out of the way and you locked eyes with that man and you stood up all by yourself, you know, and he came in and he smiled and he patted you and, you know, and then he left and you fell into that chair and had to go to bed, <laughs> but just stood up <laughs> and he saw yes. it. You stood up and you took a couple little steps, you know, and he saw it. And yeah, so we got to go home the next day. You know, he wanted you to eat something solid. And uh, then you, then you got to go home and uh, cafeteria forgot to bring you your breakfast. <laughs> but, um, we found you something and you technically ate like a cracker or something like that. And we got to take you home and, you know, getting in the, in a wheelchair, we have all this space and getting in and out of bed where you have all this space to suddenly have to get in a car. That was something we hadn't really thought about, you know, and you put, that's where that little stuffed animal Mitch came in. So handy. He was your buffer. You put him between your belly and the seatbelt. And I think we used that for a really long time. He was your little buffer between the seatbelt and your tummy. We did that at home too. Yeah. And we managed to get you and then the same thing you know there was no wheelchair when we got to the hotel so all of a sudden that was why he wants you to prove that you could walk because now we're walking from the car into the hotel up the elevator and then into the bed so yeah yeah out that's all you wanted was to get out so. i got the pain tube <laughs> removed and i got out <laughs> yeah and then actually that's that's the day that you know we got you barely to the hospital in time or to the hotel in time. And I think, uh, Mike had to get to the airport to go home, to go back to work. And then Gene and Doug arrived, gotcha. your aunt, aunt Jean and uncle Doug arrived. So there was like not much lag time at all when really almost crossed. Yeah. So you were by yourself maybe half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Not Pick much. Which was good. Yeah. Because I, I love the silver cloud, but there, there is no food there. So somebody, I mean, if you need an outside source to go help get food and yeah, anything yeah. else. So to back up just a little bit to when we're still in the hospital, I remember having a lot of restless leg syndrome. Um, I felt very like my legs didn't want to sit still. Yeah, you're and you're not talking about the the pain spasms, are you? You're talking about restless leg. Okay, so the, yeah, the restless leg, yes, because you'd been immobile. You're you're a very active little critter, and so to take that and stick it in bed and not have it, yeah, you get that restless leg zinging. I have to move. I can't move. It hurts. So you know, rubbing your legs. I did a lot of rubbing your legs. We did a lot of moving your legs without moving your tummy, which isn't as easy as that sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of flexing and pointing the toes and the little ankle circles and, you know, but yeah, you get that twitchy and it's not just restless leg, it's restless full body. It's, it's just that I got to yeah. move and I can't cause it hurts. <laughs> well, I vaguely remember you telling me at one point that I had like been running in my sleep or something. Yeah. 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 And you were, you were just pulling <laughs> You were very, very twitchy and, and uncomfortable, but the bladder spasms also started, I think in the hospital, I was just unaware of what that, what that was, but it mostly hit at the silver cloud. 
Okay, I was going to say, was that the first night in the hospital or was that at the end of our stay? It was towards the end. Yeah, it was towards okay. the end. And I almost thought maybe it was something more like the restless leg kind of thing because you were just really twitchy and it wasn't a, a full blown attack like then you had at this when we were at the Silver Cloud. You know, and I, I also just thought maybe it was normal just from being cut open all over the place down there too, you know. Right. I was just looking at the definition of a bladder spasm so we could explain it a little more. I think the most important thing to explain is it is extraordinarily painful. Yeah. I mean, it's really just when the muscle of the bladder itself um, suddenly starts contracting and squeezing when there's no need for it. And it's, yeah. it's out of your control. So it's very painful. Yeah. It's, it's out of your control. And I think it's important to remember that that whole thing is a muscle. So the whole thing is moving. So something inside of you is suddenly just collapsing in, in this horrible cramping feeling. So it's like having a calf cramp, but yeah. internally, so your whole body kind of contorts with it. So we, we called it kind of riding the wave, riding the wave pain, um, yeah. or riding the, yeah the wave of pain. The pain yeah yeah I mean we we shared a bed at the silver cloud Gina Doug were in one bed and we were in the other bed and so when you were having them you know you would just I would just fold myself around you so if you were you know kind of curled up I would fold myself a- around you and we would just kind of ride that pain together you know I mean you were quiet about it it was just it was a, a full body contraction I mean yeah. you just curled and contorted with it. Yeah. All night. I just have to say all night, all night, multiple nights. Didn't get much sleep. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. That doesn't seem fun. No, no, there was not a lot of sleep in, in this month period kind of thing. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Gene, Gene and Doug were, were fabulous. They would go there was a, there's a shopping center that's really close by. You can walk to it from the, from the, um, university village. Yes. And so they would walk over and they would get dinner from two different restaurants there. And so we had a little, little variety and hotel does breakfast in the morning. So we just had the generic stuff in the morning and we just kind of subsisted on that for a week. Yeah. Emptied a lot of tubes and bags and Got good at it. I, I got good at it. And, you know, we had to, were we measuring everything at this point? I think we were measuring everything at this point. Maybe not. I don't think we were. I think we were. I don't think, I, don't think we I had home. to. Yeah. Yeah. When they took the one tube out, then I had to start measuring, I think. So we weren't measuring yet. Thank God. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Body Talk with Bex. I hope you found it informative. If you did, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. To help me keep this podcast going, please consider becoming a patron on patreon.com as I do all of the scheduling and script writing and recording and editing and posting all myself and I need all the help I can get. 
Um, if you're interested in sharing your story or know someone who does, or if you just have questions that you want me to answer for you, please feel free to reach out to me either on my website, which is www.bodytalkwithbex.com, or you can find me on social media at Body Talk with Bex. And don't worry, this story isn't over yet. There's a few more episodes explaining how the rest of that summer goes. So stay tuned. The next episode is next week.